Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is Patty Boyd, model, photographer, and rock and roll's most famous muse, inspiring songs from former husbands George Harrison and Eric Clapton. The conversation took place at Tower Records, Shibuya in Tokyo, at the Patty Boyd photo exhibition My Life in Pictures in June 2023, and was first broadcast across Japan on my Inter-FM radio show. For copyright, the music has been edited. Enjoy the journey. It is wonderful to welcome on board Patty Boyd. Hello. Hello, Guy. It is an absolute joy to meet you. Thank you very much for your time. My absolute pleasure. How are you enjoying Japan? I'm absolutely adoring it. Ah. I find it quite fascinating and quite beautiful and quite extraordinary. And, of course, you can't get away from the fact that Japanese people have such deep respect for other human beings and their friends and everybody. And it just, I notice it because I see that, you know, in the West, nobody's so, nobody's really... um, respectful of each other and you see, that's what the main thing for me that grabs me about japan mm. is the respect that that people have for each other mm. it's wonderful to see i always ask people who visit japan if there's one thing that you could take and share with the world from japan i wonder you might have already answered that question for me <laughs> it's respect because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that comes up again and again mm. Patty, you're here for your amazing exhibition, My Life in Pictures, and the book. I've just seen the exhibition. I am surrounded by your life. And what a life you've lived. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Kind of interesting. (laughs) At what point did you want to share this life with all of us? I think probably when one day I found huge boxes that were unopened and been unopened for years, and I opened it up, and there all these photographs that I'd completely forgotten I'd taken. And so, you know, it was a lovely surprise, and I shared this with a friend who said, I think maybe you could have an exhibition, and I thought, well, they're not that good. (laughs) Maybe one or two. And then we started looking, and they sort of got better, and, you know, and gradually I've been finding more and more. And so I had my first exhibition in San Francisco in, I don't know, I don't know. 90-something, I think. Anyway, it all started there. You were a very famous model. You've had two extremely very famous rock star marriages. You've had the camera on you. You've had the world looking at you all the time. Do you think you picked up the camera to get on the other side of the lens as some form of empowerment for yourself? Was there, was there anything like that in why you wanted to be on the other side of the lens? Ah, uh, Guy, no, it didn't really work like that. Initially, I was a, a fashion model. I did a lot of fashion shoots for magazines, TV commercials for magazines mainly in advertising and at the beginning I realized I, I, I wanted to know what the photographers were looking at oh it's me but through their lens what they were seeing and how they were composing etc so I saved up my money and bought a camera a Pentax actually and when I went to each session I took my camera with me and learned a little more from the photographers I was working with that's amazing I mean the people you worked with what great teachers you had <laughs> the best I'd say <laughs> yeah were they surprised that you picked up a camera I've no idea I mean everybody took everything for granted in those days I think London in the 1960s must have been a most amazing time and place did you love it as much fun as it was yeah, it was like a sort of everlasting summer, really. It was 
my memories are just having so much fun and also the freedom and also realizing that there was so much creativity around me, um, not just music, but fashion and artists for painters and for filmmakers, photographers, everybody in the arts really. Advertising was changing its face completely and becoming more creative and more humorous. And I think there was a youthfulness in the creative aspect of everything really. I mean, TV commercials were suddenly very amusing and fun and beautifully done and well worked out. And those directors for TV commercials eventually went on to become great film directors. You know, so an awful lot started. It wasn't just fashion or music. There was a big sort of effervescence of creativity everywhere. Mm. And when you did pick up the camera, what amazing subjects you had at your fingertips. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the other thing is I didn't really want to take advantage of my situation. I was quite aware of how lucky I was and good position I was in, but I didn't want to be annoying, you know. And I've seen a lot of photographers, you know, being shooed away because they're annoying or they're like taking too long or this or the other. So the way that I would take photographs would be almost sort of snatching at moments that I saw to in my eyes, look beautiful or lovely. Maybe it's the light or the angle somebody was sitting or standing. People didn't really pose for me. Well, they did in a very silly way. I've got one photograph of Eric Clapton and Ronnie Wood together, and they're both playing guitars, but Ronnie's pretending he's left-handed and Eric's right-handed and making silly faces. And so, you know, these were my friends, and um, they would play up for the camera for me. I think photography is probably like being a musician and a sports person. You probably get into that zone. Did you ever get into a zone and think, okay, I've got to wait for just that perfect moment? Or was it very spontaneous? No, because when I would do um, proper photo sessions, say of a band or children, I took a lot of children, I'd keep taking, keep taking. I almost hold my breath and then I know I've got it. I'd always know when I'd got the shot. As I said, I'm surrounded by your life. My life in pictures is the exhibition and the book. How did you distill your whole life down into one exhibition and one book? Well, the exhibition works in this way. In this case, Namiki will phone me and say, he'll look at my website, choose which photographs he would like to exhibit. So I have them printed, you see. So he, in a way, creates the exhibition. Which photographs would be nice next to which one? So, you know, the one that he's chosen has never been seen before in this way. He's done it really beautifully. Mm. And for my book, My Life in Pictures, I was working with the publisher and for some bizarre reason, I thought he would want just photographs I'd taken. No, he wanted (laughs) photographs of me. So I slightly sort of, you know, okay, fine. Uh, and so, and I think they've done a really good job. I think I probably allowed four pages at the back with the photographs that I'd taken. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Are you still taking photographs all the time? Yes, I do. I mm. do. Have you been taking photographs in Japan? Of course, it's irresistible. We went to the most beautiful gardens today. It was the um, Shrine Forest. Ah, Have yes. you been there? Yes, uh, you're talking about your Yogi Park and Meiji Shrine. Thank you. What a most beautiful place. Absolutely stunning. I'm amazed at the beautiful trees because they're very different to trees that grow in England. And they are quite magnificent. I think most of them were planted in 1923. Beautiful. There's a lovely feeling walking through them. And I just kept breathing in deeply to get the oxygen from the, from the leaves. It was fabulous, fabulous. It's amazing when you walk through there in the summer in the hot, humid weather and you just... 
it's so much cooler and so much more peaceful. Yeah, it's lovely. You have to come back. Wonderful <laughs> canopy. Loved it. Is there one photograph that you're so glad you took? Guy, I don't know what to say about that, except that sometimes I see a photograph and I don't have my camera. Oh. <laughs> what do you do? No, you see, you can't do anything. It just stays in my head. I like all the photographs for different reasons, usually if I haven't seen them for a long time. And then I have a look and go back to the time when I clicked the shutter and got that particular frame right. Do you have photographs on the walls of your home? Other people's photographs. Ah. Yeah. Can you share any with us? What do you love to look at at home? Um, I like Julia Margaret Cameron, who was um, a photographer in the 40s, I think. Oh. Do you know her, her? And so when photography was just really at its infancy, she was one of the sort of new women photographers. Uh, she was based on the Isle of Wight. Anyway, she took beautiful flowers and just glorious photographs. And what else? Oh, who else? Madame Yvonne, who was the most extraordinary woman. She would take photographs in the 20s and 30s of aristocratic women. She would pose them next to sort of big animals, like, ah, like lions and... Yes tigers and all sorts of things and they would dress up in beautiful clothes and they were quite often very very aristocratic and you know and I think uh, she did very well her photographs are color the person would have to sit very still and she put a color gel in take a photograph take it out put another color gel in and that's how they built up the color and uh, until you get the final print the Mm. final image so she was an interesting photographer. I also like, um, oh gosh, this American guy whose name I can't remember. Oh, I don't know why I can't remember. He took a series of the most beautiful flowers. Really, really wonderful. Oh. Sadly dead now. I'm so silly, I can't remember his name. Not Mapplethorpe? Yes, exactly. Ah. Ah. Robert. Yes. Robert Mapplethorpe, who I thought was divine. Mm. You obviously liked him too. When you said flowers, yeah. it immediately came to my head. Yes, yeah. Oh. His lighting was exquisite. Yeah. Yeah. And the prints, of course, are all so wonderful. Mm. Mm. You have lived more rock and roll lives than most of us. What's the key to survival, do you think? Tough one. I think because I went to boarding school from the age of seven, I learned two things, independence and insecurity. So I've always been slightly independent of in whatever situation I've been in. I've always managed to sort of hold back a bit, stand back a bit and not get too involved, I think. Mm. I don't know what else to say. I'm in the world of music. I'm a radio DJ and my listeners were saying all week, Guy, you've got to interview Patty Boyd when she's in Japan. I said, I hope so, I hope so, I hope so. Surrounded by music lovers too. And being in the music world... I wondered, in the public world, has your life been defined by your two very famous marriages? How would you define your life, separate from what the public think of you? I think, really, I've gone through life being brave when I'm not being brave, which was one situation in my life. I sort of crumbled Mm -hmm. because I couldn't pick myself up. But I think we all have to learn to be brave because otherwise you're just going to fall down and forget that you can get up and get on with life Mm. and recognise how good and fun it can be. That's interesting. The radio station, our catchphrase is find your colours. It's to encourage people to be strong, to live their life, to find their own colour. What's your colour? My colour, I like red Ah. because it 
Red gives you energy. You're sitting on a red sofa. Oh, and you've got a red handbag right next to you. And I've got red framed glasses as well. Yeah, red is energy. Red is definitely energy. Different colours for different moods or encouraging different types of moods. So if you want to be quiet, you know, I think um, like a very pale green is good. Mm. Um, I mean, Pythagoras was really great with colours and their meaning. Mm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So different colours for different... And you're wearing a blue dress today. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's hot I, and sunny out there. Well, I knew it was going to be a hot day. <laughs> and, you know, and there's nothing more joyous than a blue sky. I mean, I can bear any sort of weather as long as the sky is blue. <laughs> and you live in the UK. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I really love a blue sky. I always speak with people about the power of music. Have you always turned to music in your private life? In a, in a tough moment, you said you have to get back up if you fall down. Mm. Has music helped you through those moments? Oh, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Um, I don't think I could live without music. Mm. It's very important in my life and I hope many other people's lives. It's inspiring and will pick you up depending on what you're listening to. Sometimes, of course, I rather like and enjoy being sort of down or low. Oh. And so a nice moody record helps me with that because there's a joy in it as well. Is there one artist or one song I can play? Is there something that you absolutely love you couldn't live without? Golly. Well, I'm a great fan of Bob Dylan. Oh. So virtually any of Bob's songs you could play and think of me. Have you spent time with him? I have. He's a very difficult man to spend time with. <laughs> you just listen to his music. I, pr- I love his music. I prefer his music. And, of course, his poetry is, you know, quite uh, excellent. What's next for Patty Boyd? You're only in Japan for a few days, I believe. Yeah, I'm doing a talk tomorrow um, here at Tower Records, talking about, you know, my old book, which was a memoir, mm. And then a little bit about this new book, which I just, I'm so pleased with. I think the publishers have put it together in such an elegant way. Mm. And it's very easy. It's a nice coffee table book and seems to appeal to people of all ages. Well, I still do get a lot of letters from young fans. And for years they've been saying to me, oh, wish we'd lived in the 60s, love the clothes, love the fashion, (laughs) this, that and the other. And I thought it might be an idea, you know, for a book. And it's almost a sort of historical fashion history book, really, because mm. it starts off when I first started modelling. The first fashion shoots I did were for sort of catalogue magazines, catalogues. And the clothes were so horrible. They were always so big. They'd have big mm. clips at the back to sort of pin them in to make them look as if they were kind of shapely. <laughs> and they were so ghastly. The clothes were so hideous. You know, and just before what I call the 60s, which I think really is 63 to 73. So just before that, the clothes were ghastly, hideous, hideous. And so you'll see some of those. And then suddenly we burst out into, you know, the great designers of our day. Like people like Mary Quant and Ozzy Clark and Bieber and on and on and on. So that's when they started showing a kind of a freedom in what women would like to wear as opposed to looking like their mothers. You were obviously luckily born at just the right time, I'd imagine. Yes, born on the right side. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) We live in a world today where we always have a camera with us, our mobile devices. We take photos of everything these days. In my teen years, we never had cameras because getting prints was so expensive. I presume the same, of course, in your generation too. So it's so valuable. You've got all these photographic memories and records of your life. 
Yeah, extraordinary. I mean, in my book, there are many photographs of me modeling that I've never seen before. And since the book has come out, more and more people seem to find rare and unusual photographs that, you know, modeling photographs of me. I think that when I was modeling, I would, you know, just turn into, you know, uh, I don't know, a bit of a acting the role of what would this woman wear if she was wearing this dress? Who would she be? Where is she going? And so I fantasize in, into a sort of a character. So the photograph session is done. And that's it. And I leave it behind and I forget about it because that wasn't really me. Ah. We also live in a world today where so many young people say as a career choice when they're older, they want to be famous. When you suddenly probably became famous very, very quickly, or when you were thrown into the, the whole Beatles world, what was fame like? Were you ready for it? No, I didn't know I was famous. I had no idea. I had no idea. We didn't buy papers. I didn't know that I was. You know, of course, you know, being li living with or being married to someone that is famous, the fame is them. It's not me, nothing to do with me. So I was quite surprised that people knew me or knew of me. And did it bother you? At first, I, I was, yeah, slightly bothered because I thought, how, how do people know all this information about me. My, I had a sister-in-law who said, oh, Patty, there's, you know, lots of, about you. And I said, really? And I went on to whichever media she said, and I was surprised at how much information was out there about me. And I was, in a way, I was horrified, because I thought, I always thought I was a private person. And now, overnight, I seem to be quite a public person. And I was quite shocked about that. And it took me, took me aback, because... I don't like pressure on me. I, you know, I'm actually shy. I knew you were going to say <laughs> You're looking very shy and timid on the sofa. <laughs> well, finally, is, as I said, you, you've lived this incredible life. Is there one thing you haven't done yet in your life? No, what I would like to do is travel more. I love travelling. Um, a place I would love to go to, two places actually. One is Argentina because I love, dancing ah. and that is the place to be really and a, a country i've been to once before before it all closed down and became communist was uh, venezuela ah. really exciting wonderful wonderful people food everything i'd also like to go back to cartagena it oh. is in colombia actually do you know what i really like south america i was about to say this is all latin america yeah? it is isn't it it is yeah dancing do you dance every day no, no, I don't. But I do like to dance. You'll have to go to Argentina and do the tango, I suppose. That's, that's what I like to do. I mean, I did learn to do t tango. And it's Yeah, and it's a wonderful, wonderful dance. But really, I'd like to do it in the country where it was born. Well, I'd better let you go and get on with your travels. Patty Boyd, I've had such a lovely time, very short time spending with you, but thank you so much for your time here in Japan. Please come back again. Thank you very much, Guy. Lovely to talk to you and meet you, and good luck with your shows. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today. For more interviews and information, please go to guyperryman.com.